to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Zach. And I'm Seth. And we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right, we are. We are. Episode 51. 51. 51 episodes of a, of a jolly good time with two brothers who love talking about video games. Cause that, and that's all they do. That's pretty much all we do. We're, we're ch- I mean, we, we have been ch- trapped in the studio for months. Are we still doing that joke? I don't know. <laughs> you know, if people didn't listen to the episode where it happened the first time, it wouldn't be doing it again. That's true. It would that's just true. be doing that's it for the first time. Unless you called notice to it, then Which I just people did. would know that we're repeating a joke. And well, it's fifty-one episodes. I, I, I would expect our audience to know that we might repeat something. Well, we might have that person coming in right now at episode fifty-one. They, they look at the episode listings and are like, "Wow, this is fifty-one." So it's like the first episode of their fiftieth season. Season. That was going to fifth season, I guess. If we did every ten episodes as a season. Ooh, that's a good idea. That'd be weird. That's a good idea. Are we gonna Are we gonna get a season two of Classic Gaming season Brothers? Season two of Classic Gaming Brothers. Yeah, we'll we'll but the cast might change. <laughs> just new brothers this time. Or no, we just replace one of us. Yeah, replace one of us with one of the property brothers, and then we'll replace replace the other one with one of the Green brothers. So then it's two different brothers who are not related to each other, but they're still brothers. But that's true. They are far more successful brothers. They are very successful brothers. We've talked about both the property brothers and the Green brothers before on this podcast and i think we should have them all on our show in one episode yeah you're the one that's editing we're gonna it, call so that that's... brother palooza <laughs> i think they'd be down for it at least the property brothers probably would be yeah I- i'm gonna send them all i should just send them all a group email like just cc everyone on it <laughs> just be like good dear brothers <laughs> we know dear brothers we know that you're brothers well we're brothers too let's get to it anyway what have you been recently been playing well seth recently i've been playing a little game called fallout four which i couldn't remember if i've already talked about fallout four i probably have um i might have i don't actually remember um but i was too lazy to check besides i feel like it's been a while but uh yes uh, i have been playing fallout four for those who don't know fallout four is the fourth game of the fallout series hence why it has four and it's uh, it's <laughs> hanging out there it's an action role-playing game developed by bethesda game studios and published by bethesda softworks and uh it was released in november of 2015 so it's about five years old at this point it's released on windows PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And the game is set within an open world post-apocalyptic environment that encompasses the city of Boston in surrounding Massachusetts. In an, oh, you didn't in say it right. That's not Boston. <laughs> Boston. Boston. In Massachusetts. It's a region known as the Commonwealth. Yeah, but no, it takes place in Boston, which is great. Um, so for those who don't know, I live in Boston, so it is a lot of very familiar places for me, which is actually why I'm replaying it during this kind of COVID time. I don't do a lot of uh, walking around the city like I usually do because I'm trying not to, you know, get infected. So I I do a little bit of walking around when I'm at work, but I don't do as much as I used to do. And uh, I want to be able to walk around the city. So what better way to walk around the city than walking around the city that's infested with ghouls? (laughs) It's super mutants. Like it's now infested currently. So, I mean, it's pretty much like the same, except this time there's like people who have laser guns as opposed to real guns. (laughs) But uh, it's a good time. I I like playing Fallout 4. I was talking to one of my friends about Fallout 4 and they said, you know, Zach, I've never played Fallout 4, but I was a big fan of Fallout 3. And I said, you probably should not play Fallout 4 (laughs) because I said Fallout 4 
is like Fallout 3 in New Vegas on very easy mode. That's true. We we actually haven't talked about Fallout as a as a game series and maybe we'll get there one day. Not this episode. No, it's not this episode. But the people who are listening know that because the subject of this episode is in the title. That's right. That's that's probably a secret that people might have figured out. I would hope so. Very possibly. Uh, I should start uh labeling episodes with not the game that we talk about. We should do like clickbait where it's like the craziest yes. game you've never heard of. We did that a couple of times. We did that like once or twice. It actually it actually worked out. Anyway, Seth, tell me about what you've been playing. Have you been playing Fallout 4? No, I have not been playing Fallout 4. I have I've been playing a game called The Uncertain Last Quiet Day, which is the first game in a series of games that are in the uncertain universe. I talked about the sequel to The Uncertain Last Quiet Day in my Byway Pass in a recent episode, and that sequel was uh, The Uncertain The Light at the End. So this one uh, came out earlier, hence it being a prequel. I mean, sometimes prequels follow sequels, but not always. I, I don't know. I don't know that rule. You know, like a rec- you know how all squares are rectangles or is there like all prequels follow sequels except or all sequels follow prequels except when sequels follow prequels? I think that happens. I've definitely seen prequels follow sequels. I have seen prequels follow sequels as well, but I don't know if there's any governing rule as it were. Like uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a prequel to Red Dead Redemption 1. <laughs> Correct. Which is, that's just weird. It is very weird. It, that's just bad naming. So yeah, anyway... The Uncertain, Last Quiet Day, came out in 2016. Um, It was developed and published by a new game order. And it's a a story-driven adventure-type game that's set in a post-apocalyptic world where humans are all dead and robots have taken over. The... It's interesting because essentially you play as a robot and you go by your like job title, which is like you you go by it's like no role or something like that. So your your robot he's your robot essentially has decided that it is no longer going to be receiving its updates from corporate. So it is developing itself by itself and it doesn't have a role. So it just goes by like no NR. It's like no no role or something like that. Or some type of, like, generic name where everybody else goes by their role, like medical unit or, like, engineer. Your character's just like, meh, I haven't decided. And he lives in, like, this little crappy house and has to, like, divert power in order to go to bed or to divert power in order to use, like, his computer. Because he can't use them both at the same time because he doesn't get enough energy. And he does, like, odd jobs. And uh, eventually the ship crashes next to your house and you investigate it and you find out that this evil corporation is up to no good and you team up with some other robots uh who are nice and are trying to do better for the world so you go through and you help out robots getting tasks there's a a decent number of standard adventure puzzles where you uh have to find things and pick things up and then combine them with other things so far it's been a good time i've i've been enjoying it i actually was playing it before extra life and then extra life happened and then i really haven't been able to get back into games since extra life happened because i've been pretty busy so i will definitely have to carve out some time to move along in this game because i have a bad habit of starting games but never finishing them hey i have that habit too or sometimes i'll play games i'll finish them really quickly and then i'll get really bored doing all the side quests 
but uh, mm. it's fun that you're playing a post-apocalyptic game that has robots in it because Fallout 4 also has robots in it. And is also post-apocalyptic. Post-apocalyptic. You have trouble with that word. Apocalyptic. Yeah, I have trouble with a lot of words. The game we're talking about today is not post-apocalyptic. At least I don't think it is. No. That game is called Freedom Force. Right, which is not to be confused with Freedom Force. That's right. Which was exactly. a game by Sunsoft that came out in 1988, which was one of the few games that required the NES Sapper Gun and was where you played as a counter-terrorist fighting terrorists. That's right. And this... F- That's not that game we're talking about. No, no, no. But this Freedom Force does not require a Zapper. Um, in fact, this Freedom Force is not for the NES. This Freedom Force came out in 2000s. And, and this Freedom Force is a, is a cool game that I have, actually. And when we're going to speak about our memories, I will tell you, I have no memories of this game besides seeing the cover a couple of times and that's that's an honest to god fact it is uh definitely and that cover would have been seen at our house yes because i owned both freedom force and the sequel freedom force versus third reich and now a fun fact about me is that i really like superheroes and i liked them before they were cool and freedom force was a superhero game and it came out before they were cool <laughs> and also it, it so yeah freedom force came out like 2002 which was before like iron man hit theaters and it was the beginning i would say though it was like the beginning of like because you still had like dc properties doing well at theaters so it was like the beginning the rise of superheroes but um and we'll get into that as we go through the history of freedom force and and like the x-men movies had been out for a bit Uh, at least the first two i think were the first one came out in 2000 and the sequel came out in 2003 so yeah though i still feel like comics were still decidedly in that time period still like relegated to the nerds kind of thing definitely yeah and um it was before comic books became cool or in vogue but uh so my memories of freedom force were playing the game i enjoyed it it's very campy is what is the best kind of word to describe the game it was just such a campy superhero game uh very stylized after like 1960s comic book heroes where they were essentially drawn to really be like out of this world type of characters and they were big and larger than life and they and that's kind of like how the freedom force characters come across and it's definitely fun to play the game because the characters in the game are all similar or familiar is probably a better word they're familiar to characters that are um done by i would say name brand uh marvel and dc universe characters yeah but they're different right they're they're not licensed they're made up characters that um the freedom force team um did and uh yeah, so I, I had a lot of memories of playing through the game. Um, I really enjoyed it. They they had like a character creator in it as well that I had fun with. There was some multiplayer. I did not play that that much. I think I was the only person that I knew that owned the game. So I wasn't going to play it with... I don't really play multiplayer games with strangers that often. So there was that. So I didn't really play the multiplayer, but I did play the single player. I really enjoyed the story. And it is a it is a pretty fun superhero story, as it were. I think I often got it confused for some reason with City of Heroes, just because those were two superhero games that we had in our household. Yeah, it's an easily confusion there. So City of Heroes came after the first one, but before the second one for um, Freedom Force. And uh, I think that City of Heroes 
I think Freedom Force laid like the groundwork for like games like City of Heroes and uh, the characters in Freedom Force would not necessarily be looked at as characters that they could blend in with the characters in City of Heroes or even the fan like the City of Heroes is a massively multiplayer game and uh, those the characters that people make could be a, a Freedom Force character. Do you want to get into the, the history of Freedom Force? Yes, Seth, I will talk about the history of Freedom Force. Freedom Force was developed by Irrational Games after System Shock 2, but before Bioshock 1. The game was released in 2002, with a sequel released in 2005. So as Seth was mentioning, Freedom Force came out before Iron Man and, it, and and also around the time it came out, City of Heroes came out. And, and this was really the beginning of the rise of comic books in the mainstream popularity. And it wouldn't be until Marvel deployed what was called the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that comics and stories told within them would become the, the cool thing with the cool kids and all that stuff. And Freedom Force really appealed to this comic book audience because the 16 characters that you could control were based on artwork that was very Jack Kirby-esque. And we'll talk a little bit about Jack Kirby because we have time and it's our podcast and we can talk about whatever we want. Jack Kirby is a great man. Jack Kirby is a great man. (laughs) And uh, I'm sure plenty of other podcasts talk about him. And I bet you didn't expect to learn about Jack Kirby in a video game podcast. So Jacob Kurtzberg, or better known as Jack Kirby, lived from 1917 to 1994 and was one of the godfathers of the modern day comic book, along with Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. They all helped create characters that are very, very beloved today. Uh, Jack Kirby, in fact, created Captain America back in the 1940s, along with Joe Simon for Timely Comics, which eventually became Marvel. And in the 60s, Jack helped co-create characters such as the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, the Hulk, and Iron Man. And some other personal facts about Jack Kirby was that he was married to his wife, uh, Rosalind Goldstein, from 1942 all the way until his passing in 1994 for a total of 52 years. Very long marriage. And Jack was also in World War II after being drafted in the 1940s. When Freedom Force came out of the gate with this kind of Jack Kirby style, comic book nerds loved it. They They loved this design. In fact, Freedom Force got a very short-lived comic line that was six issues long and retold the story of the first game, which was published by Image. It was written by Eric Dieter, and they got Tom Scioli to do the artwork. Tom's artwork is very Jack Kirby-esque, which was perfect for the Freedom Force team and perfect for the comic. In fact, Tom received criticism for being so similar to Jack's art style, and his response is that he works in a Jack Kirby traditional style, so it was just the way he drew, which is why he looked so similar to Jack Kirby. It wasn't like he was copying Jack Kirby. It was that that's just how he did his style is very similar to how Jack Kirby did his comics. So I actually did some research in regards to trying to figure out uh, sales since the sales weren't um, easily accessible. Uh, So I dug around and found uh, an interview that IGN did with uh, the staff of Irrational Games uh, and specifically Ken Levine and uh, Dorian Hart, who was a, a lead developer over at Irrational Games. And Ken Levine actually wrote the sequel game, Freedom Force versus the Third Reich, and was involved with the, the first game. And speaking with Joe McDonan with IGN, uh, Ken said that the first game was a commercial success, selling around 400,000 units. And for a 2002 PC game, that was viewed as successful. Not critically successful, but successful. The second game, though, sold 40,000 units, uh, one of which I owned personally. 
Ken Levine went on to say that the mistake that they made with selling the product was probably due to the way that they made the game. And in that regards, essentially the love letter to 60s era Marvel comics was the mistake that they made. But they they also made the game with the, that, like creatively, they were happy with the game. But because of the overdone 60s era style, modern audiences, it, it might have been too much of a love letter. Sometimes too much of a good thing is not good. Just so our listeners know, superhero games prior to Freedom Force were mostly bad. They were mostly failures and they sold poorly. Some superhero games that I can think of that came out before Freedom Force were like the Superman game. <laughs> and <laughs> as so we know bad. or as we will one day explain to you our listener the superman game was bad superhero games had a reputation that they would perform poorly to the point where um there was like this quote-unquote superhero curse and dorian hart in the interview said the curse was broken because of freedom force and you did see after freedom force an uptick of games like city of heroes champions and even till today with more modern superhero licensed games like spider-man who had some bad games but also some good games and all the new batman games do very very well and uh, the people at Irrational Games would tell you that it was because Freedom Force broke the curse. The game was received positive. Uh, the first game, Freedom Force, aggregated across all professional game reviewers a score of 90 out of 100, while the second one, which performed less commercially, scored about 86 out of 100. So both games are very good games according to people who review games. It just didn't stick, as it were. Well, at least the second one didn't stick. The first one did all right. Um, the first one was developed with a $2 million budget. Um, doing the napkin math, if you if you look at the 400,000 units sold based on Ken Levine, doing that by $40 a game, you're looking at about $16 million. So they did well it out of a two million dollar budget so you take two million dollars away from that and i'm sure there's other things that play into that but so the first one did all right but if you take forty thousand divided by times 40 if you have the same budget you're in the red and to be fair the article that i the interview that i read was from 2012 i don't know where ken levine's numbers came from they just were they up to 2012 have we seen additional sales from there since the game is available on steam and good old games not for a lot of money, but it's still there. So to get to the gameplay, the gameplay is a uh, real-time with pause uh, tactical role-playing game where you uh, go through and you recruit and you play as different superhero type characters throughout different missions. Uh, the first game, I think, has about 38 missions or so. Uh, the second one, I think, is a little shorter. The game also allowed you to create your own superheroes to supplement your roster and to fight people in uh, multiplayer. Uh, the story of the first game is that this alien named Mentor is fleeing from this guy called Lord Dominion because Lord Dominion is going to use this chemical on his Mentor's people. And so Mentor takes all these chemicals and puts them in his ship and he flies away and he crashes onto Earth. But all the canisters explode and they just soak Earth with this chemical known as, or the substance known as Energy X. And 
anyone who's struck with energy x essentially becomes a superhero or a supervillain um who embodies the personality trait or their their current situation so if you were if you for example were very interested in ants uh, you may perhaps become a person who's capable of shrinking down and becoming an ant like the hero in freedom force called ant 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 that's his name not ant man that would be that would be that'd be that'd be infringement (laughs) correct so he's just ant (laughs) take away the man keep the ant (laughs) and he he looks like a little ant like he wears like an ant suit it's fun they uh eventually as the game progresses the true arch villain of the game is revealed and it is a name called time master and he is a villain who is capable of controlling time you also fight lord dominion but you fight time master after lord dominion time master looks a lot like kang from the marvel universe if you haven't read anything with regards to kang kang was known as kang the conqueror he was a time traveling guy who took over multiple universes using his powers of time travel and his fleet so yes time master looks like another time traveling person perhaps deliberately who knows the second game freedom force versus the third reich uh takes place after the first game and (laughs) takes place with um one of Minuteman's who's one of the characters who we'll talk about, his enemy, Nuclear Winter, who is a communist, (laughs) steals Time Master's body and uses it to steal things from time, a la Carmen Sandiego. (laughs) Though Nuclear Winter doesn't steal the Eiffel Tower like Carmen Sandiego would, Nuclear Winter steals nuclear missiles during the Cuban Missile Crisis to attempt to make a situation happen. Though, as you play the Freedom Force, you stop them. And then when you return back to your normal time, somewhere along the line, all of time gets messed up, and now the Nazis have won World War II. So, when being that the Nazis have won World War II, the Freedom Force must go back in time and fight enemies such as Blitzkrieg, the Nazi who is trying to disrupt time. Eventually, you end up fighting a villain known as Entropy, and then eventually Energy X itself. The game escalates. The game had you fighting like an enemy at a moment, right? So, like, there'd be like, this is the boss, and then you'd go and you'd fight the boss, and then somehow it would escalate to worst boss or something so my absolute story aside i my absolute favorite part of freedom force wait maybe i don't want to put aside the story i I, my absolute favorite part of freedom force is that every single character that you recruit has a little movie about their origin that's like a little comic book and they are all incredibly incredibly campy and just like hilarious to watch um very 1960s-esque type comic book storyboard and combining both games that's 25 total recruitable members of the freedom force that have their own little origin stories which is is just so fun i just love their i I feel like their origin stories are like it's really just best part of the game so even though this is a freedom force episode we are not a freedom force podcast so we're not going to go into every single uh, member of freedom force um, but we're going to touch some some of those that i i feel like you as a listener should know uh so the founding members of freedom force are minuteman mentor el diablo and manbot uh to give you a little backstory on them because with names like that you definitely want to know more about them minuteman is an old man named frank styles 
who worked on the Manhattan Project. And in the beginning, he sees his old enemy on the Manhattan Project, who was a communist agent, meeting up with another communist. And he essentially spies on them and tries to figure out what's going on. But he's old, so he tumbles out of the bushes and then gets shot. And instead of dying, he drags himself over to a statue of a Minuteman, which is glowing, and he touches it and is empowered and becomes the Minuteman. He wears a tricorder hat, as you do, um, a blue, like, half mask, and overall wears red, white, and blue as his themed for his costume. Yeah, he kind of looks, he kind of looks like if Captain America was doing tours of the Boston Common. Oh, yeah, definitely. He does look like, like, yeah, that's a good, that's an apt description of what Minuteman looks like. His weapon that he wields is, is a staff that also happens to be his old man cane. So in, in the game, you can use him to fight and he will hit people with his cane. That's pretty much what he does, or he spins around with his cane. His official powers in the game are patriotism and vigilance. I mean, don't we all have those superpowers? That's true. Are we? Maybe we all have a little Minuteman inside of us. <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> the second member of the Freedom Force is a uh, is a guy by the name of Mentor. He is an alien, and he caused all this mess. He looks a little like Brainiac from the DC comics, like a bald head. He's got like a green little outfit with like blue arms. Got a cape. He helps Minuteman establish the Freedom Force, and he he's just kind of a an interesting looking fellow. His official powers are mentalism and alien energy. I remember playing as him he had to get really close to bad guys and then he like zapped their brains uh the the next um member the next founding member of the freedom force is el diablo who grew up in a barrio and was a malcontent named uh ricardo ramirez (laughs) he was then struck by energy x and flew around and realized that he could use his powers for good instead of evil uh, he is uh, dressed in a pretty risque outfit. He's kind of dressed like a matador. A little open shirt uh, with a uh, red Zorro mask type deal. Yeah. Very, very matador or lucador, as it were. It was like Maybe. a lucador combined with a matador. Oh, yes. A, a lucador combined with a matador. Which I guess um, would be a luca matador. Yes. Ooh. And as his name suggests, his powers are fire related. And his official powers are the fire inside and fiery fury. Um, he shoots fire and flies around it's pretty much what he does his uh his tagline is hot stuff coming through that's my tagline too uh, minute man just because i didn't say minute man's tagline his tagline is for freedom well my favorite tagline <laughs> so far is actually the tagline for mentor because his tagline is the human race is a paradox violent and petty yet also capable of nearly immeasurable compassion <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a good a, tagline. A that's long, like that's what long. I want to yell into battle. <laughs> that's, he does. Yeah. Finally, um, the the last founding member of uh, the uh, the Freedom Force uh, is Manbot, uh, who was a womanizing playboy named Ted Taylor, who gets into a car accident because his car gets hit with a blast of Energy X, and the way that the energy impacts him is that it flows through him and just causes him to explode, like of with 
with energy. He doesn't personally explode. Yeah, he doesn't he get just like explodes mad. energy. Yeah, he doesn't just die, like just <laughs> die immediately. <laughs> that, that's the end of Manbot. Um, so he has a brother who happens to be a scientist, and his brother builds a big metal suit for him, kind of like an iron lung. And Ted Taylor is uh, reluctant to put it on until. He explodes and kills his brother. Then he decides, maybe I should wear it. So then he dons the power suit, as it were. And in throughout the games, both of the games, he's just a sad kind of Eeyore-type character. Which, I mean, he does have a sad backstory, so it does reflective. His tagline is, I'm sorry, I have to do this, because he's a sad... Yeah, it's very... He's just a sad individual. He's a depressing man. very depressing. He is a depressing man. He looks like a, a, a tin can... And then he has like a mouth air thing, like a suit connector tubes. He got some tubes on him. Yeah. He looks almost like the, you know that, have you ever saw that greeting card where the guy is in a fart suit? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> where he's built a suit to contain his farts and he's pumping it back into himself. Yep. That looks like Manbot. I'm pretty sure that is Manbot. Like Manbot just pumps, pumps farts into his suit. Energy X is actually just farts. Manbot's official powers are power suit and energy protection. Those are powers. <laughs> power suit is my favorite power. <laughs> so they, they these uh these official powers are just like power trees that they had where yeah, they gain yeah, little yeah. abilities from. And they're just interesting names that I thought they had. I think it's fun. So th- there was a lot of different characters um some of the fun ones that i also wanted to mention that weren't founding members of freedom force aka the main characters uh were two two characters one called man of war and his uh, sidekick (laughs) sea urchin man of war also known as captain hank waters was a fisherman who was also a failure at business (laughs) And he took his he took his fishing trawler out one last time to try and re- salvage his collapsing fishing business where on his journey he found a stowaway girl and he started to yell at her for stowing away and then they got coated with energy x and he became man of war and his um Stowaway became sea urchin who stowed away to leave her trouble home wife, and her name was Mary Mason. Um, they look like fish people. They kind of uh, look like um, they look like fish people. Well, they look like the like illustrations you see of what sea monkeys are supposed to look like. So, like <laughs> yes. sea monkeys don't look anything like like people or monkeys. But whenever you used to buy sea monkeys, they're illustrated with these, like, they looked like fish humans. And that's what these guys look They look identical to sea monkey artwork from, like, when people bought sea monkeys. I, that's probably where they were inspired. I, I like how um, Sea Urchin definitely looks like that. Yeah. Man of War looks like he's the king sea monkey. <laughs> he does. Man of War's official powers are call the storms and control the waves. And Sea Urchin's official powers are... Dolphin's child and bubbles. <laughs> Where she would shoot bubbles. Those are my favorite powers. Uh, f- finally, I I wanted to just mention a character from the Freedom Force versus the Third Reich. Uh, his name is Sky King, and his real name is Ace Gunner. And he was a movie star, 
and then he went to fight the Nazis, and now he flies for the Allies as Sky King. He is like, uh, he is a iron-suited individual who has wings, and but they're not, they're not like wings that you would expect them to be. They're rectangles. <laughs> he is like he is like you would expect them to be like more aerodynamic. No, no. They're they're like really blocky wings. Yeah, no, he looks uh, like he looks like if a little kid asked his mom to make him into an airplane for Halloween and the mom only had tissue boxes. He he's a he's a flying dude. He's he's actually um he is more notable as an image than a character in the game. Uh he's kind of forgettable. But his uh, his official powers are forged fist and forged flight. Uh he would fly around that's his gimmick it's also a bunch of other characters gimmicks um they they're they actually when you played the game there would be like um a 3d um model world yeah right yeah. and there would be buildings that you had to get up on and you had to have specific powers to get up there so if you had flight uh there was a levitate power there was also like a jumping power um, so like Minuteman could jump from building to building, but he couldn't fly because that his powers were patriotism. And I guess I guess flying could be patriot patriotic. I think so. I like all these characters. Uh, Seth in the notes had put in some illustrations of them um, just so I could kind of react while he was describing them. And they are they're just all fantastic. I love Manbot. I think Manbot just looks like a big old sad person. <laughs> He's just sniffing his own farts. <laughs> it's it, it is just uh, there's some other interesting characters. Maybe we'll get asked to do a, a follow up episode. <laughs> talking about these characters um or you could research them yourself there are such characters such as microwave uh law and order uh bullet the aforementioned the ant i like uh, i like law and order that's that's a great name too oh those two separate heroes one was named law and the other was order was there a third one named svu <laughs> no but 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 law was a, a like a blind lady in a white outfit with a sword yeah and then Order was like a big burly dude with a warhammer. Excellent. <laughs> and you would they would shift between the two of them. And what well, Order was a, a former police officer and Law was like a former attorney. Okay. <laughs> I think that's how it would. There was uh Tombstone, Super Collider, Liberty Lad. Liberty Lad. <laughs> just who you think he is. The sidekick to Minuteman. <laughs> but yeah, fun characters. They uh, like I said, the best part of them, but best part of the game was definitely the origin stories. Absolutely. <laughs> and but that's that's I think that's going to be it for Freedom Force. Yeah. Uh, I it was an interesting choice of a game to pick, but I hope people learn something new that they might not have known about a game such as Freedom Force. Right. I was reading an article about Freedom Force and uh the author summed it up pretty pretty timely the early 2000s was the period of time when we played a lot of games a lot of them forgettable <laughs> that's very true that's like and, that's very accurate <laughs> and freedom force along with other games that came out in two, the early 2000s were just like that some of them were good perhaps you don't know why <laughs> yeah what a game. I'm, I'm probably going to try to pick up Freedom Force. I, I see that it is like only like five bucks on Steam and GOG. Yeah, I, I recommend I recommend if you 
uh, have $5 and want to play a game. It is a fun game to play. Um, I got it to work with the, the right resolution and the right um, sound. Yeah. But uh, whenever when I went to quit, the game just decided it wasn't time for me to leave. And <laughs> it locked up and wouldn't let me go anywhere. That's how you know a game's good if it doesn't let you leave. Because it's so like, I hey, we're actually, not finished here. Yeah, I had to control it, delete the game to go away. So, uh, yeah, um, but... There, I'm sure there's there's probably patches. I just played the game pretty like raw from I played the game pretty raw from good old games. Yeah, makes sense. Well, that's Freedom Force. Time to get into our byway pass. Sure. Yeah. Um. I I'll go first. I guess since that sounds fair. I just because I've just been talking for so long. So, uh, the game that I'm interested in by waiting and passing on is a game called Siberia: The World Before. Uh, it's coming in out in 2021. And it's being developed by uh, Koa Labs and Microids. It's a game that is, takes place in the Siberia franchise. I really enjoyed Siberia 1 and I enjoyed Siberia 2. Uh, there is a Siberia 3. Uh, it was reviewed very, very negatively to the point where I have not bought it yet. Oh, cool. But 1 and 2 are great. And it takes place in a, the world of... Uh, I'm going to butcher the name. And for those who are our Belgian listeners, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, his his name is uh, Benoit Sokal, who is a Belgian comic artist and uh, video game do. developer. What was that? It's better than I can do. Oh, oh, thank you. I just thought about Hercule Poirot, who's also Belgian. So I just said it like I would say Hercule Poirot. Benoit Sokal, uh, who designed the Siberia world, and it's so it's a it's a relaunch. It it's gonna be a um double character adventure game you play as like two characters at once in two different times type game um which are usually if they're done right are fun because they usually have some sort of like lead up to where they tie together or something like that or they're like um the way out yeah which was a sad game though uh this i i think that this relaunch is like what the series needs because three was so poorly received we actually maybe we'll revive the is it really that bad uh, maybe i'll pick up siberia 3 and play it and then we can revise is it really that bad to talk about siberia 3 the so but yeah so it's uh, i'm gonna put it down as a wait i'm gonna see what the reception is for this game i think i think in my opinion i think the series deserves it and i think the franchise deserves it but uh i don't know if it if it if it comes out and it's not like good i don't necessarily need to play it yeah absolutely i have heard of the siberia games but i have no idea how they are the name just seems they're like I've, they're fun yeah they're well i mean they're fun if you like adventure games um if you if you don't like adventure games or you find like story-driven adventure games are boring then then you probably wouldn't like any of the siberia games um it's just a fun it's like a cool steampunky world um, with like a very clockwork automatons and stuff like that it's kind of a cool world so the game that is my byway pass is called the pope power and sin it is a 2021 game by forest light games they are the publisher and they are the developer and here just here's the plot this is why i wanted to do it as my byway pass take on the role of the pope Strengthen the authority of the church state, fight for spiritual and political independence from pagans, and the renewal of church structures. The rule of Pope is a torrent of numerous scandals, excesses, and signs of moral corruption in the highest authorities of the church. Now, you might be saying, well, Zach, 
isn't this like another game that I think Seth actually mentioned, which was Pope Simulator? I, I maybe mentioned You it. maybe mentioned it. Or maybe you're thinking, isn't this just a Pope Simulator game? Well, listener, let me tell you. This game is something entirely different. The whole reason I want to put this game as my byweight pass is because just the trailer alone shows like your Pope guy giving a speech to like an enamored audience and someone sneaking up on him with a knife. <laughs> In first person. I like they referred to him as your Pope guy. Yeah, just, you know, the Pope guy. You know, the Pope. Also, you like, poison someone at one point, I guess. It looks like a very... It looks like a Pope game, but also Hitman. And I, I love that. I feel like it's interesting that when you discover one game on Steam, you find other games on Steam that are similar-ish. So, like, Zach and I have been monitoring the Pope Simulator because we think it's a funny game. There's also Priest Simulator... There is now also the Pope, Power, and Sin. Eventually, Steam is just going to surface all of these biblical and, like, yeah, yeah Steam like might, games where yeah. you play as religious people. Games. Maybe we'll get Bishop Simulator, Cardinal Simulator. I mean, I already own Super Noah's Ark 3D, which is, like, right there. Beautiful, beautiful Christian game where you play as Noah and you have to put animals to sleep using a using a slingshot and it's done in the wolfenstein engine oh it's the wolfenstein engine that's right yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah pope power and sin i think i'm gonna put it down as a weight because this game looks really fun honestly i have no clue i don't i don't know it's like it's one of those games where i'm like this looks like it would be a really fun game to play don't know if i actually want to invest time and money into it but looks like a fun game to play. And, and, you know, and actually, um, kind of in a similar vein of thought before we leave our byway pass to do our call to action part of the episode, last episode Episode that you listened to, episode 50, I mentioned a game that I was going to buy called Filmmaker Tycoon. I do remember that. Apparently that game scored extremely negatively. I know. In Steam. Yeah. And I, it's still, I think, in early access. As I said, I was going to buy it. I'm going to wait now. And I just, and we don't generally do corrections like this because we just believe that our listeners know that we're generally wrong. But I feel like I needed to say this so that if you were also excited for a movie tycoon simulator like I was, that you would not take my word for it and go buy it. Yeah, we don't want to lead our listeners astray. That's right. Always remember take our reviews with a grain of salt and always read your own reviews and do your own research i I do like how so before episode 50 was released seth had messaged me um just at one point and he was like hey movie 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 tycoon's not doing so (laughs) or movie filmmaker filmmaker he's like filmmaker tycoon's not doing so hot right now and i was like "Uh oh (laughs) <laughs> so that's that's going to be our episode that is uh, going to be our a, episode a fun romp through freedom force right before our annual our uh, annual a, our, right before our anniversary anniversary episode of one year of classic gaming brothers that's right we understand technically that this this episode is our anniversary episode because we started with episode zero but we only deal with true classic gaming brother episodes starting with one we only deal in absolutes that's right we're like sith we are like sith that's why seth's name is seth because it's close to Sith. that's right because it's close to sith my my mother and father decided they wanted to name me as close to sith as possible so they <laughs> called me seth then when they had zachary they only dealt in absolutes so. <laughs> exactly <laughs>
<laughs> there can only be one. So yeah, so we'll, let's uh, do the thingies with the thingies. Do you want me to do it? Yeah, why not? Uh, so uh, thanks for getting to this part of the episode. This is part where we tell you how you can listen to us, contact us, or support us. We all really know that you uh, suffer through this part of the episode so you can hear us talk at the end because it's the best part. Some ways that you could contact us. You can send us an email. You can send it to uh, classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com. You can send it to Seth at classicgamingbrothers.com. You can send it to Zach at classicgamingbrothers.com. You can send it to classicgamingbrothers at classicgamingbrothers.com. They all go to the same email box. I'll read them and Zach will ignore them. Uh, I will um, generally we'll we'll try to respond pretty quickly. Uh, If you send it in an email, you will be entered into for a giveaway where we will give away a free game. It comes from a list of games that I have and uh, they're all all primarily for PC. So if you don't have a PC, then I, I mean, you could try to convince us to buy you a game, but that's your hurdle to jump. Uh, <laughs> so then you can also contact us by going to our website, classicgamingbrothers.com and heading on over to the contact form, filling out the contact form, does the same thing as sending an email, except it's easier, I guess. You could put in a dummy email address, but if you send in a dummy email address, then we can't send you an email back. And so I guess if you want to spam us, that's the way you can do it. You can also reach out to us on social media. We have a Facebook and we have an Instagram and we have a Twitter. Our Facebook and Instagram are at Classic Gaming Brothers and our Twitter is at CG Brothers Pod, where we announce, we generally use these to announce every, every, uh, all of our episodes, which come out on Sunday. And we also use it currently to release content, media, pictures that relate back to an episode that we did. Uh, we've been doing one every day for a while now, and we may have missed a couple of days here and there, but you can see those fun screenshots that we take with our computers. Uh, to listen to us you can head over to any type sort of uh, podcast listening app uh, we're on most of them uh so itunes uh google amazon pandora iHeartRadio, acast you name it we should be on it while you're there if you like the show you can subscribe to the show so that you can get notifications on your phone when we release new episodes also you could review us we appreciate the review since uh, it helps with all of our metrics and all of that stuff to make sure that the algorithms of the world that guide everything uh, make sure that other people can be served classic gaming brother contents because the best classic gaming brother contents is ours finally to support us you can do so just by listening to us you can support us also by reviewing us uh, you can also support us by telling people, preferably three friends, three friends to say, hey, have you ever had the need to listen to two brothers talk about video games? Accurately? Mo- well, mostly accurately. No. And if if they say yes, then you can say, well, I've got the pod for you. Um, and yeah, so there's that. You could support us by listening to us, yeah. reviewing us, and telling three friends. If you tell more friends, that's okay. But we like uh, we like you to walk away happy from this podcast and feeling that your 45 minutes to an hour was spent well listening to Zach and I banter on about obscure video games. Finally, uh, we do have a merchandise shop. Nothing's changed. No. We always say and something's going to change. And it's been a lie these past few episodes. <laughs> These past few episodes, I would say these past like twenty episodes. Yeah, I think every, I think every episode for the past twenty episodes, we've been like, we got some new stuff. We're going to put it on the shop. 
Oh, it's fair. Well, nobody buys our shirts anyway, so it's okay. Well, and with that, Zach, is there uh, is there anything else that you have to say? Don't play games like my brother. And don't play games like my brother. I've been Zach. And I've been Seth. And we have been the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. That's right. I keep thinking about, just keep thinking about Manbot. <laughs> his farts yeah i you know as long as he doesn't team up with microwave the robot or uh i like i like iron ox honestly iron ox his his name is alfred quote-unquote iron ox jenkins and he was a box an english boxer and he got super big arms and a tiny little head oh my gosh i just looked him up i love him he's great Him and Mambot can star in their own show. My brother only wanted to help me, and my vanity has taken his life. I will devote my life to finding a way to cure myself. Until that day, the world shall only know me as the Manbot.